Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. On this episode of Sports Illustrated Weekly, we continue Where Are They Now Week, a multi-part series delving into the lives of sports' biggest stars decades after their extraordinary athletic triumphs. Today, the greatest shot blocker in NBA history. Running hook, blocked by Matumbo. Morning, blocked by Dikembe again. These days, Dikembe Matumbo is not blocking shots so much as advocating for them in his native Democratic Republic of Congo. Since his retirement from the NBA in 2009, Matumbo has stayed busy. He runs a foundation which has built a large hospital and a school in the Congo. And he spent the past couple years pushing for COVID awareness and vaccine uptake. I'm producer Jessica Yarmoski. From Sports Illustrated and iHeartRadio, this is Sports Illustrated Weekly. Brian Burnsed, we're going to talk today about where Dikembe is now. But just to remind everyone, where was he at the height of his 18-season NBA career? Seven foot two, strong, long arms, multiple time defensive player of the year, often led the league in block shots. Not in my house. <laughs> he was really well known at the time when the NBA was built around centers. He was one of the big stars, you know, when Shaq and Ewing and Robinson were dominating in the league. Matumbo was right there with him to try to stop them, especially at the time when he was really in his heyday in the 90s and into the early 2000s. He was known as an intellect, a humanitarian already. He was known to speak multiple languages. He was known to try to go back and give back to where he was born and raised in the Congo. And so he was known as a worldly person beyond just his prowess on the basketball court. So when I got there, uh, he was on a call and you could hear that distinct, deep voice echoing down the hall. Uh, you know, uh, oh, Dikembe is clearly here. He's, he's working. 
So I sat in his lobby for a bit and looked around and took note. And behind me, kind of the centerpiece of, of the lobby of his office was a collage of photos, very well lit, of physicians and children, of him interacting with them at his hospital in Africa. And there was one that particularly struck me that's the centerpiece of it is him. There's a girl who looks scared, a little frightened. She's clearly getting a medical procedure or test done or something like that. There's a doctor near, and he's lifting her chin up, looking at her very seriously. And you contrast that against on a sidewall. It's it's a nice painting. It's a big painting, but it's definitely relegated to kind of a sidewall. It's not the centerpiece. Is a, a painting of him laying on the floor in a Nuggets jersey, holding a basketball up after they'd just upset the Sonics. It was the first 8-1 upset in NBA history. It was a huge deal. McCombo embraces the ball. The eighth seed, a team that was two games over 500 on the season. The Denver Nuggets, youngest in the NBA, have beaten the team with the best record in the NBA, the Seattle Supersonics. And Dikembe Mutombo, one of the stars. One of the biggest moments of his career, it's a very famous photo that he had turned into this painting, but it's it's not the centerpiece. You know, I did, I did accomplish this. I'm proud of it. I'll put it up, but it's over on the side. But me helping this girl, helping my country, that's what matters most. There's a great deal of poverty and underserved communities there. It's a very impoverished population, generally speaking. But his father had gone and studied in Europe and was an educator and an administrator, which provided him and his multiple siblings with a stable enough upbringing, though they were not immune to some of the difficulties that young people, people of all ages really in the Democratic Republic of Congo would face. Youth there, even if you are in a relatively stable household like he was, it can be a traumatic experience with malaria is running rampant. Later on, AIDS and HIV became a big issue. Polio is still there. I lost so many friends. I lost so many friends growing up. A lot. A lot. I lost so many friends. There's a lot they have to contend with that we probably take for granted or ignore or don't consider, but it was a difficult upbringing for him as he was growing up. From a young age, Dikembe identified largely because he'd seen some suffering and lost friends along the way that he wanted to try to help. His North Star was trying to help his people, help people in what is now the Democratic Republic of Congo, live better lives, live healthier lives. He'd seen his father do a version of that after being educated in Europe by returning rather than going to the U.S. or staying in Europe and trying to find a more lucrative life. He returned and applied his education in his homeland. And Dikembe very much wanted to follow in those footsteps. And he thought he was going to do it through medicine. Yeah, and then I thought about being a doctor even since I was 19 years old. When he did end up going to Georgetown, it was to do that. He had planned to get a bachelor's degree and eventually go to med school, but was noticed on campus as a, you know, seven foot two athletic, you know, someone with a lot of potential and joined the team almost unexpectedly. And that pivoted him to the career that he wound up having. But he never lost sight along the way through the success of Georgetown, through a Hall of Fame NBA career, it enabled him to build his name and reputation and wealth to a point where he felt he could use all of that that he'd accumulated through basketball, all that goodwill, all that fortune, and apply it to that original goal he'd had as, as a child to give back to help specifically people that didn't have the health care that they needed. So that never left his mind, even as he is spending all those years in the league. He always wanted to give back, namely through medicine and through education. And that's a goal that he has spent his post-playing days fulfilling and fulfilling in a great order. Dikembe started plotting out what would become the hospital that would be named for his late mother. He started that process in the late 90s. In the thick of his NBA career, really at his prime, 
he started fundraising amongst NBA peers, team owners, the league itself. That was the starting point. Later evolved into having broader business connections that he's remained in touch with and I think have been more of the circles he runs in now as far as fundraising goes. But those were his early beginnings in the early 90s. And it was a process that persisted through the duration of his career. He's talked about his years in Houston toward the end of his career, and they had drafted Yao by that point, another center. They became close, they trained together, they were sat across the aisle from each other on team flights from games. Yao would look across the aisle and there's the Kimbe plotting out, planning for the hospital, trying to find staffing, trying to find what equipment they need. You go talk to Yao Ming. If you Google a couple of his articles that he have done in the press in the last uh, 15 years, he has said, I will not go and build more than 30, 50 schools that Yao have built in China in a rural area with his foundation. He said, I would have not done it if I didn't have a teammate who preached about the good work in the community. And he's, he's shared about watching me doing my foundation work on the plane every day. Whenever we go from one game to the next game, I'll be there working, drawing on a piece of paper, things that I want to do, who do I need to talk to, about which part of the hospital I can I get. Because my teammate watched me for two years planning the opening of the hospital. It was years and years of logistics, almost 10 years of logistical planning that went into this, much of which overlapped with the latter half of his career. So that's where he devoted his free time to planning the hospital, to give back to his community. He said some coaches, some teams were a little wary at first. Is, is his attention not fully here? Is he too focused on his humanitarian efforts? Some of my coaches was questioning if my 100% mind was uh, in basketball or it was in a philanthropy world. And um, I think they came to realize that it was in both. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Around the time he was first formulating the hospital, first planning it out, sadly, his mother passed away. It was during an ongoing conflict spurred from their really bloody civil war that had occurred in the 90s. And there were curfews at the time where you you weren't allowed to leave the house in the evening. And she'd suffered a, a medical condition that required immediate care. And due to the curfews, logistically, just they weren't able to get her to a medical facility in time as she passed away. And I, I do think that as the Kimbe faced some hurdles along the way, again, 10 years is a long time to go from starting to raise funds to getting a hospital built, a lot of red tape he had to cut through. I do think that that helped keep him motivated, the, the notion that his mother needed urgent medical care and couldn't receive it. And he wanted to, to help others in her position not face the same fate. The hospital he was planning was in northern Kinshasa, a wide tract of land in a pretty poor community in northern Kinshasa that he had targeted and thought, there's really no local health clinic here that the people need. Yes, there's big hospitals in the heart of the city, but those are hard to access. A lot of people are traveling on foot. People don't have cars. It's really hard to get to these big medical facilities. And what they really need, particularly in the poorest areas around the city, is a local clinic that is there to serve that community that was in dire need of it. So that's why he targeted that area in Kinshasa. A big function of the Matumbo Hospital's day-to-day operations is treating cancer, specifically cancers for women, cervical cancer, breast cancer. Cervical cancer is among the most fatal conditions that women in Central Africa face. There's just not enough infrastructure there for proper screening detection, or even treatment once it is detected. Being able to detect it early, that can definitely help with mortality rates. And so that has been a huge focus of Matumbo's hospital is is healthcare for women, particularly screening for cervical cancer. Other than facing COVID square on, one of his biggest initiatives, perhaps his biggest initiative during the pandemic was to start this school. As the world is facing down the pandemic, he realized people were captive at home. He could get calls out all the time. People were eager to talk about the state of the world and to try to help. And he tried to channel that energy into starting a school in the village where his parents were born and raised. Eventually, when the school opened late last year, he named it for his father, honoring him as a teacher and longtime school administrator. And I was able to to bring buses in my village. Kids and adults who were born and raised there, they never see a bus before. Now they see a bus that carrying children to go to school. The school has electricity, which a lot of the kids do not have at home. They get two meals a day. So beyond just education, which is vital, it's providing some key life services and functions and improving their quality of life as well. So initially, when COVID struck, Dikembe, like all of us, you kind of get moored at home. And for him, home is, is Metro Atlanta. There were obviously travel bans. The DRC locked down quickly and quite effectively, in large part because they already had the infrastructure in place. Even if they lacked resources, they were accustomed to dealing with pestilences of this nature, Ebola mainly. And so they were able to use those systems and those personnel to spring into action to try to mitigate the spread of COVID early on. 
based on the data, and there's some mixed reports as to whether the data is accurate or if it's underestimating the total number of cases and deaths, which is more likely the case. But generally speaking, they did lock down fast and early and were able to protect the population at COVID's onset. People thought it would ravage Africa, and that didn't appear to be the case, at least in Central Africa. So Dikembe initially, at least, focused his efforts more domestically, meaning in the U.S., but once he was able to get his vaccine, the first thing he did was get on a flight and get back to his first home, to the DRC. He did about a half dozen trips over the past year and a half or so. He spent about two to three months over there during that time. And much of his efforts during this period, beyond working with the school, have been mask distribution. We brought so many masks, we distribute masks. I knew that there was a crisis. People were dying. Um, then I was wondering, um, people wearing masks in the Congo, where they're getting it. And um, I went to Home Depot, and there was some good um, prices. I bought as many as I can. Tina spent like close to $20,000. He's done a lot to try to bolster vaccine awareness and the importance of vaccines among the population there. His hospital set up kind of makeshift tents outside where they were doing vaccine drives, giving out free vaccines to the population. Really, the, the main barrier there, we've heard about a lot in the U.S., there's vaccine hesitancy for maybe social or political reasons, whatever that might be. There, that's less the case. The experts I talked to in the field said that really access is the bigger issue where for me, for instance, I have three publixes I can drive to within 10 minutes and go get a vaccine, right? There, it's, I'm gonna have to give up a day's work and walk or take a motorcycle ride or a bus to try to go get my vaccine. And my day's work literally pays for my day's food that day or my children's food. So that's a decision I have to make. Am I willing to sacrifice that for the sake of this vaccine that may protect me or my family, but we may not eat that day. And so that's a very difficult decision to make. And so that was really Dikembe's hospital. They tried to make it accessible to people in that area that may not have otherwise been able to make the sacrifices to get the vaccines. And he was there filming it. Me, I'm very happy to be here. As the ambassador said, there's one specific reason that brought us together here. Because we want to save more lives. We are sick and tired seeing our loved one dying. We have already lost enough people. Almost close to 680 some thousand people have already perished. We cannot lose more people because our community are diminished. He recorded his, his driver that he has when he visits. He encouraged him to get the vaccine. His brother got the vaccine and he's done what he can specifically in the area of vaccine awareness and distribution. That's been his biggest focus during COVID. He is such a big presence there that the government appreciates all his efforts and what he does on, on many fronts, whether it's combating malaria or cervical cancer or COVID. He is widely admired. It's not an overstatement to say that, that his word carries a lot of weight there, that people listen, that, that what he's done has had an impact on the community. Dikembe has partnered with Masai Ujiri, the general manager of the Toronto Raptors, where they are engaged in a program that is building basketball courts all around Africa in the name of trying to give kids something productive to do in their downtime to try to grow the sport in Africa. There's just not a lot of well-paved services where you can play. So he is trying to get more courts built there. One, yes, it's to grow the game in Africa. Maybe it helps 
continue the pipeline of African players to the NBA or to colleges, but really it's just more to give the youth some more structure and direction and something to distract them that keeps them off the streets, he said, that's important. It's just another means to an end of, of bettering the lives of, of the population there. Say he had pursued his desire to be a doctor. He obviously would have impacted lives very personally, very directly, in very important ways, but he's supremely confident that the route he took the platform basketball gave him that he's impacted far more lives than he would have otherwise, even as a physician. And that's what drives him and what motivates him and how basketball is intertwined with all his humanitarian efforts. It built his name and his stature up enough that people would listen, people would look up to him, people would appreciate what he was offering and go take advantage of those resources. They would enroll in the schools, they would go visit the clinic. Yes, he could have been a humanitarian, he could have made a big impact, he's got a huge intellect, I'm sure he would have succeeded in some way, but but basketball added a lot of fuel to that fire and enabled him to, to touch many more lives than he might have otherwise. Thanks for listening. And a quick reminder, please rate and review our show. It helps people find us. Sports Illustrated Weekly is a production of Sports Illustrated and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. And for more of Sports Illustrated's best stories and podcasts, visit si.com. This episode of Sports Illustrated Weekly was produced by Jessica Yarmoski, that's me, Jordan Rizzieri, and Isaac Lee, who is also our sound engineer. Our senior producer is Dan Bloom. Our executive producers are Scott Brody and John Gonzalez. Our theme song is by Nolan Schneider. If you've stuck around this long, we leave you with this. Then why you tell me watch um, some American movies, you know, those black dog people, like, TV. Maybe I don't know if it was a TV screen or what. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, oh man, I look like an American. I could, uh, yeah, right, so right. I used to say I look like an American. Right. <laughs> when I forgot that the black people who live in America came from came Africa. From right, right, right. You understand what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.